All right, ladies and mostly gentlemen, welcome back to one of my favorite Golf Guide podcasts each and every year, our massive Band and Dunes recap. Uh, we're a couple days removed from returning from our annual trip to Band and Dunes Golf Resort, uh, a place that I have said hundreds, if not thousands of times on this podcast, is my single favorite place on the planet. This year we had 40 well, 44 degenerates all congregating uh, while adhering, of course, to uh, uh, local and state and uh, federal, you know, guidelines in terms of, you know, safe social distancing, um, but had an absolutely phenomenal time. And I somehow convinced three uh, of my buddies that joined me on this year's trip uh, to come on and do a marathon podcast uh, that we're going to end up splitting into two episodes here. We're joined by our normal co-host, Boat. And then also my buddies Reem and Andy. Um, the only caveat I have to give you guys with this podcast is for whatever sad reason, um, Boat's audio was really strange this time. So uh, Jess, unfortunately, is cutting in and out uh, sporadically throughout the podcast. So I do apologize for that. I'm going to do my best to go in and clean it up for you guys. Um, but other than that, an unbelievably fun podcast. We had a really, really good time. Uh, talked a lot about the sheep ranch and uh, you know I mean given that it was all of our first time playing you know playing the golf course we break down the sheep ranch in great detail spent probably almost an hour just talking about the sheep ranch how it stacks up with other courses on the resort and everything else that uh, you know just makes Bandon Dunes one of the most special places on the planet so without any further delay let's get to it here on the golf guide podcast enjoy everybody wow this this is perhaps the most aggressive podcast that we have attempted to do four people in four different locations spanning all across the state of california from the sacramento valley to the bay area to orange county we're all over the place i've got three of my homies in the building well in each of their virtual buildings i should say uh we got reem our boy andy Ferdig, and of course my normal co-host boat steamac gentlemen it is so good to be with each and every one of you i'm gonna start boat does it feel somewhat overwhelming to be in the presence of so many great athletes <laughs> It does. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I think overwhelmed is the uh, appropriate word. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to take the words out of your mouth, man. I just, I'm just, I'm just rolling here. Reem, how, how are you feeling? You're, you're like less than a week away. Has your depression post band and subsided yet? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've just continued to drink like I was still in Bandon. It's about the only thing keeping me going at this point. Good. Had a had a bender with some of the boys who couldn't make it to Bandon on uh, Saturday night that uh, resulted in uh, some projectile vomiting uh, by the part of Michael Dow, <laughs> and so you know we just we're just keeping it classy here in uh, Placer County. Man, all right, good you know, good times just keep on rolling. I, I like that. And, and Mr. Furtick, for you, one has your depression post Bandon subsided, and two, how much golf? Have you played since you got back, or is your body and mind on a full detox after what I think we all played at least eight rounds over over five days? Is is that is that safe to say? 
That, that is surely safe to say. Uh, I think the only time that my depression really kicks in is when I uh, have to fill my Yeti, which was traditionally filled with transfusions, up with water before my days full of Zoom. Uh, and I golf yet. I did get my clubs back from Shipsticks yesterday. Shout out Shipsticks, no free ads. Uh, and do have a tea time on Saturday afternoon. So I will be getting back on the horse. Uh, I want to see if that banding game translates here to Southern California. Yeah. Well, I I have no doubt that it will. Uh, other than the whole you know ball not running on the ground thing, everything else seems like it'll be exactly the same. So which is which is great. I'm sure the golf course you're planning on playing on Saturday is going to be of the exact same caliber as all the courses that we were playing over the last week. It's actually my least favorite course in Southern California that I'm playing on Saturday, which was the only tee time that I could find. So really excited to go from one of my favorites in Bandon Dunes as my last round to uh, the dog track of Talega on Saturday. Sick. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. So, Boat, question for you, man. Did you uh, – I, I don't know about you guys. We're recording this on a Tuesday – the week following Bannon, we I, I got home from Bannon on Thursday of last week. I believe as uh, Reamer left Bannon on Thursday of last week, and I think Andy and Jess both left on Wednesday of last week. Uh, gentlemen, not not yeah, everybody's nodding. I think that's right. Boat, Correct. I, I got home on Thursday, and I immediately worked full days on Friday and Saturday. Given that you are also working in the golf industry, I can only assume that it w- it was straight back you know to the coal mines for you when you when you returned back to Santa Rosa. Took Thursday off, played in the skins game at Fountain Grove on Friday. Life is good. Okay. All right. Feeling pretty good. I saw there were a couple of tales from the golf shop on Facebook over the weekend, so I, I could only assume you've already logged some pretty serious hours oh, to be back. <laughs> yeah. Sundays are always fun. Well, I, Boat, I, I got to ask you, man. I mean, the same thing I just asked these two guys. You know, we're, we're going to get a lot more into, you know, your take on things. This is your first trip to Bandon. But, I mean, have you experienced yeah. this quote-unquote, like, you know, post-Bandon depression that we all have been discussing where you just kind of feel a little down, a little blue, that you're not in paradise anymore? I mean, has this been a thing for you at all? Oh, this is uh, <laughs> documented. I, I, I found myself trying to go back on the website or uh, find more videos, and it's like, what what, you, you, what are you doing, dummy? Uh, <laughs> is that, you got, like, a year until the next trip, so... But yeah, I mean, the conversations I've had with people about it is, it's, I'll just catch myself talking to a Daryl for like 15 minutes, but like, Fuck, I gotta get back to work. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a blast, man. Uh, and you know, I, everyone's really, really pumped. I got some, some guys from Bennett Valley, like, wow, you know, just from the pictures, they're like, all right, I'm, I'm planning a trip. It's, uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. I'm uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, I'm motivated to uh, make enough money to be able to do that, like, 12 times a year oh yeah for sure well the good news for you is you don't have to feel that bad about going and watching bannon videos right when you return you don't reach andy you know andy furtig levels until you're watching the live cam on the first tee in the end of february when you're still when you're still nine months out that's that's when you know you've really reached the next level andy am i did did i give you too much credit How, how soon in the calendar year are you checking out the first tee cam uh, so I had to turn off my live, uh, tweet notifications from shoe every single day, uh, because I still see him posting nine, nine plus, uh, weather ratings over the last, uh, the last few days. And it makes me very sad. 
but yeah, I mean, um, I, I think I've consumed every piece of band content that's on the internet before we left. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to hold myself to at least like a week, uh, in, in terms of not watching banning content, but when I got your text about the pod, uh, and I think Spence was doing the same thing, I was 45 seconds into the, the Tethero video uh, that No Laying Up just released tonight. Um, more DM and really, I, I can't I can't get enough banning content. Yeah. God, Reamer, I, I, you're shaking your head at the same... I mean, for you, I mean... If Andy has consumed a hundred percent of the Bannon content available on the World Wide Web, where, where where do you think you stand in this? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a C student. Always oh. have been, always will be. You know, seventy five percent. Good. That's what that's what we're looking for. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, fellas, I mean, whew, I, I don't even know where to start. That that was one of the most incredible trips to Bannon I think that we've ever had, and. That is with, like, no bunker bar in the evenings, no sit-down breakfasts in the mornings. COVID, the state of Oregon, was in full lockdown for the most part while we were there. And we somehow still managed to have a really fucking amazing trip. Um, Boat, I'm going to come to you second only because I'm super curious to hear everything, you know, kind of your initial thoughts on how it went um, just being a first-timer. But for you guys, like Mr. Reamer, I mean – what 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 did you think about this trip in terms of like what are your expectations with like all the restrictions in place going in and how how did it stack up like how I don't know what, what, what were your what are your initial thoughts here like a, like a week a week afterwards I think it proves that it's all about the golf because holy shit another unbelievable trip like yeah I missed some of the bunker bar and I missed certain aspects of things we couldn't do but honestly it doesn't fucking matter the golf was tits. We had perfect weather, and I mean, what can you say negative? The food was still great. They're delivering it to my room, you know, certain waitresses and all. I mean, I don't really yes. know what else to say. Yes. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And, and Mr. Furtig, I mean, you you were telling me a week out that, that you had canceled the rain like you do every year. I refuse to believe you. I feel like it's kind of an insult to Mother Nature that you're just testing her, you know, try trying to see just how badly she's going to fuck with us. And you somehow did it again, pal. I, I got to ask you, what is your secret? Uh, well, as the resident meteorologist of the trip, uh, I am on the 14-day forecast about 47 days before we <laughs> are scheduled to arrive for Bandon. Yes. Uh, so I did have high expectations for the weather, and yet again it delivered. Um, in terms of the trip overall, man, like – I was I was really trying to temper my expectations because there are certain aspects of the trip, the bunker bar, the banquet dinners, the doubles at breakfast with all the boys chatting about the day to come uh, that I knew I was going to miss. But um, I think I told you, you know, a couple of days after we got back, you know, this is my fifth trip to band. And I honestly think this may have been my favorite trip, although it was obviously very different than the last uh, four that I've been on. It it was so cool, especially with everything that's going on in 2020, to have a little bit of a taste of normalcy. Um, and Bandit just did such an unbelievable job of trying to obviously keep everyone safe, um, but ultimately preserve what's so amazing about about the resort. And to Spencer's point, right, it's it really is all about the golf, and it's always been all about the golf. 
and the other stuff is is nice to have. But with the weather that we had and the guys that we have in the group, you really couldn't have asked for a better trip and and a better escape from this fucking dumpster fire of a of a year in 2020. Yeah, for sure. And then boat. I, we're we're going to get to golf in a second. Just in terms of like a resort experience, given the fact that you knew that the state of Oregon had like the restrictions in place that they did, how how as your initial trip did it stack up with your expectations? Just from like a resort standpoint. Well, the first thing accommodations and uh, the shower head setup. Boy, I say second to none. Uh, I think I I caught myself on jet mode for about twelve minutes each morning, just dominating the lower back. Um, what a treat! What an absolute treat that shower head is. Um, the beds, and I, I think they they I'm finding out they did a renovation on the rooms. The rooms were awesome. Brand new TV that swings out. Fire yeah, fireplace. I wrote a two hour uh, allowance on the backup, but um, besides that. Pretty, pretty, pretty stellar. Um, the shuttles, sometimes they're there before you can even get out the door after, you know, hanging up. Um, the service overall, you know, I, 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 now that I know Shu has a Twitter, I will be following. Um, for me. <laughs> dangerous. The, dangerous, though. The, the crowd, keep, keep the notifications in check. The thing I'm probably most proud of is that I didn't purchase anything in one of the shops until the last day. Um for your first time, that is and wildly tough. Tip of the bill to the to the shop to the shop at Bandon Dunes. The fifty percent off corner, my goodness, and it pays to be big because <laughs> over of that clothing was double X, and I was like a kid in a candy store. I was say I'm, like I'm really proud. I only bought one pullover. <laughs> Uh, I saw you back there, Boat, and I was like, oh, the man has discovered the discount rack, and I am just loving what I'm seeing. Oh, absolutely. You must have put in a oh, pro I performance. Mean, I, 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 I was very I, – I, it was one item. I'm a big fan of Under Armour, and I even got to, to, to get checked out by the uh, the head pro, Jared, and I go, dude, I feel, I feel bad. Like, this is kind of like – like I wanted to ask him, like, uh, uh, do you get a portion of this pro shop? Because like I feel like I'm taking a meal out of your kid's mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, half off. I like paying forty nine fifty for the for the over uh, Under Armour pullover I got. It was just uh, a highway robbery. Yeah, that's got to feel. It's one of those things that where is, the, the whole thing you're gonna get some some of the different high end resorts you go to. It's like okay, once once they get you there, they know you've got you got you there. And for some people, they don't even look at price tags. But I feel like. I feel like Bandon, as far as some of the uh, compared to some of the other big time, a good advantage you once you're already on property, and that goes for food pricing. Um, you know, some of the some of the higher end clothing probably wasn't marked up as much as it would be if you were at say, you know, SF Club or Mayakama, like a real a pr- real premier private club where they know that you want label on the shirt and you're going to pay for it. I think that's why it kind of puts them in a, an echelon, uh, upper echelon of you know, having worked at Pell, I know that they get every cent out of you that they can. Um, and it's, it, I was really impressed by the pricing from food to beverage and, and, and in the golf shops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I challenge Does anybody here, you can raise your hand if we need to keep it a little more quick, but does anybody here have an issue or a problem with the way the banner does anything? I, I'm just seeing a lot of heads nodding. Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing is like, no. they, they execute the golf resort so perfectly and somehow they manage to better every year like for me this was trip number 10 uh the first time that i went to bannon was 2007 
And so over the last 14 years, it somehow just gets a little better. And that's not even the golf because they keep adding golf courses and making the golf better and better all the time. But it's like there's something like the rooms and the customer service, the golf shops, like the sweat. I mean, everything just continuously just gets a little better. It's like our buddy Reamer was saying before we started recording. It's like stocks, man. They're only going to go up, right? Right. Yeah, it's a stock market. It's only going to go up. Reamer, can you back me up here? That's all it does. Yeah. Okay. That's all, you know, yeah. the the band is S&P 500. Let's roll. <laughs> can we put Bandon on the S&P 500? I feel like that's that's an absolute no-brainer. Dude, it would be I, a gold mine. I'm long on Bandon. Yeah, yeah. Say, can I buy futures on the sixth course at Bandon Dunes? Is, is is that is that is that an option right now? Uh, all right, awesome. Well, okay. Speaking of new golf courses, I don't think they, I don't think they need to go fund me. <laughs> uh, speaking of new golf courses, I, I think our trip specifically, we could definitely get into it. Uh, talk a little bit about the big Suave Cup that we played in our skins game, birdie game. Kind of give the people a breakdown of how that worked and whether or not you know what we did might be a good idea for one of their future trips to Bannon. But I think the one thing that I'm probably expecting us to be talking about the most. Um, only because I know Andy's done one of these with me before these Bannon recap podcasts. You you can only talk about how kick-ass Bannon is so many times in so many different ways, but unlike in past years, we all have a brand new Bannon Dunes golf course that we all got to play for the very first time in 2020. And I, I, I don't think there's ever been a more hyped up, you know, new golf course being built ever. Like, I mean, like, honestly, like, you think about, like, social media stuff, like, like, has there ever been a golf course that was more people were aware of that was opening than the Sheep Ranch? Spencer Reamer, am I off base here? You're not off base, 100%. I mean, social media is obviously bigger and bigger than it's ever been, but all of that compounded with everything Bannon's done over the last, what, 15, no, well, 20-something years since they've been open. I mean, yeah, Sheep Ranch was... It was massive, and they uh, they met expectations, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, let's see. Okay, let's let's dive a little deeper here, Mr. Furtick, um, As as a man who has consumed a hundred percent of the inter- you know banned content available on the internet, uh, I'm sure you were sufficiently hyped uh, for your first round at the Sheep Ranch. My question to you is: Did you already ha- know all of your yardages, and did you have your strategy for all eighteen holes planned out before you walked to the first tee for your first round? I, I certainly had some ideas uh, on just about every hole. I would say that I played that first hole, which by far is the best first hole on the property. Uh, before oh, I went, to oh, we'll bed, get to that. Maybe, Don't worry. Maybe for the first like, the four weeks before we got there, uh, it it was unreal. Um, I mean. I think they, they talked about it in that in that tourist sauce video, right? Where like you're really not doing a ton of talking because you're just so in awe of where you are and the the surroundings and the waves crashing and all those holes right on the ocean. Um, it was it was unreal, man. It was it was certainly uh, the most gettable course out there. Um, but I would say that it met all my expectations and like from, from when you got there, like just standing there, especially with it being our first course, I don't know if that was purposeful by you and in scheduling that, 
um, but was was insane to have a brand new course as the first course for everybody to see and just kind of take in as as something brand new as somebody that's been there you know for for my fifth trip like you felt like that kid in the candy store that you were on on your first trip right of like holy shit like look at this place right is above everything and you can kind of see the whole golf course and you can see the ocean and you just know what you're in store for and and it surely did not disappoint yeah which is great now Boat, I, I know that our group was split between Old Mac and Sheep Ranch on days one and two. Boat, did you start at Old Mac or did you start at the Sheep Ranch? I started on Tom Doak's uh, wildly overdesigned greens at Old Mac. Oh, beautiful. Oh, don't, oh, don't worry. We could talk about that a little bit more here. But uh, so, okay, so you actually got to play Old Mac first. So you had already had one round at Bandon in, in your back pocket by the time you got to see Sheep Ranch. It sounds to me like after yeah. playing Old McDonald, when you got out to Sheep Ranch, what were your what were your initial thoughts both at the first tee and when you crested over that little spot where all of a sudden you get slapped in the face with a big old panoramic view and a gorgeous downhill par five to start your round? I mean, did it already feel like you were like relieved to be there as opposed to a course like Old McDonald? Like, what, take take me through some of your your feelings and your thoughts on that first hole, my man. Okay, so I had the uh, the fortune of playing with uh, John Whiting. Tyler Hammond and uh, newly coined the Peacock and uh, uh, Peacock kind of dribbles one off yes. dribbles one off the first tee uh, about 30 yards off the tee maybe 30 yards right there's like a couple trees and realizing he hits one right under there and he, he turns around goes back to the bag takes a sip of his uh, Michelada uh, 24 ounce and goes uh, yep yeah, I think I'm gonna go breakfast ball yeah. and uh, I, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm dying because <laughs> we have a swab cup match and I'm like you know what if the peacock wants to go breakfast ball, he's gonna go breakfast. Let him go breakfast ball. I feel um, he's a tw- he was a twenty four <laughs> handicapper being forced to play as a, as a sixteen. Like you know, I, if if he wants a breakfast ball in the first, you know, so be it. Totally allowed it. I mean, it, it's not like they had a range at that course. Wait, they did. Uh, oh wait, that's right. Only about uh, tw- twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> once, uh, once you once you get uh, to that kind of uh, crest, like you said, uh, just looking down the chute. Um, I knew, you know, I, I like all the infinity greens where it looks like over the, over the green is, is the ocean. Uh, that is, uh, I think we can all agree the best, best starting hole on the, on the property, but, uh, what a hell of a way to start around with the first hole. Uh, really cool green. Everything just kind of fires down towards that front edge. Uh, I like how they don't, I like how they don't kind of put you behind the eight, even as a couple guys who hit some poor tee shots. It's like you're going to have to hit three or four shots poorly on this hole to really screw it up, which my playing partners did. But uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that first opening hole. Oh, man. I, I mean, admittedly, it is really, really good. The one thing that surprised me a little bit about that first hole that was a little more dramatic than I was expecting is how downhill it was. Like I kind of yeah. expected it to kind of like meander up oh, over yeah. that kill and then sort of just sort of basically softly like make its way down. But the downslope off a little bit. Yeah. yeah, dude. The downslope. Once you got to like 200 yards from the tee, all the way down to the green. I, I, I mean, I don't know, Reamer. What, what's your ballpark? How, how many feet do you think, like in elevation, is that thing dropping from the top, top of the hill down to the green? Like 40 feet? I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, I felt like everyone's hitting irons in. I mean, that's surprised me. That's for sure. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's which makes the. The photo, though, like, or not just the photo itself, but I just mean like that 
personal photo in your head when you turn that corner and then you're looking down at that green. I mean, that's what makes that hole just just so wild and and such a the the best hole opening hole on the property, uh, despite your uh, belief that it's a uh, shitty Pacific dunes and that cold ass fucking terrible first hole. We'll, we'll we'll get to that at some point in this discussion. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I will concede that Sheep Ranch's first hole is easily the most like stunningly beautiful. You know, like, and also, like, it's quintessential Bannon Dunes, right? It's like you have, like, sand off, like, the left edge of the fairway off the tee. You have, like, a little bit of, like, forested area that you're teeing off on, like, in one. And then all of a sudden it just opens up and bam. Like I said, you just get slapped in the face with a panoramic view of the Pacific Ocean. These gorgeous contours in the fairway that are just, you know, kind of just bumping and rolling for, like, another 300-plus yards all the way down to the green. Um, Andy, I, I mean, for you... Obviously, since you had probably given the first hole by itself at least twelve to fifteen hours of you know studying, you know before before getting there. I mean, did it live up to your expectations? I mean, it's did you already due diligence, Kyle? I, I, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, I, you, I'm, I'm not criticizing the man. I'm complimenting him for all of his, you know, his yeah, his steadfast, you know, commitment to this trip. Yeah, I mean, I had I. Granted, I did not hit like the ripped draw that I had drawn up in my head for the last like three <laughs> weeks before we got there. Uh, I, hit, I, hit, I hit kind of a, a queefy push out to the right, which, you know, in watching, like I, I sat there, I, we got to sheep probably 40 minutes before our tea time. And they were like, oh, there's a range here. I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't need to go to the range. I'm just going to sit here right at the top of this first tee box and watch everyone go off. And it felt like the majority of folks kind of hit that like pushy 230, 240 out to the right, but you're fine. Like you're in the fairway. And honestly, it, it reminded me a lot of 18 at Kapalua um, where you're kind of that core Crenshaw, like down the hill, you can sort of just, blast it down there and and sort of see where the where the ball's gonna go uh down the hill i mean i think my second shot i hit like a six iron and was you know i was like 240 out my caddy's like just hit a six iron man like you, you there's no need to like try to tempt fate and get all the way down there and i hit a six iron and ended up like i don't know 30 yards short of the green like the ball rolled probably 40 yards um, it was just, it's just such a fun shot. And, and when you get over that hill, it's as amazing as the course is because you're up at the top, you have 11 off to the left there. You can kind of see the ocean, but when you really crest that hill, like, like the boys are talking about and Spencer specifically, like that mental photograph that you were talking about, right? Like it's Banton has always been a place for me where photos don't do it justice, and the photos are fucking amazing, but when you're there and like hearing the ocean and smelling the salt and like it's it's borderline spiritual, like it, ineffable. It's, it's such a fucking awesome place. And seeing that like that crest was like holy shit. As that being our first experience, um, was was absolutely unreal and like i just thought i was just like wow we're in for a fucking day boys now not not to blow the load too early but i'm one my question to you guys is do you think that is what happens at that golf course boat do you think number one is the best hole on that golf course um 
This is a question I'm going to ask all you guys, no, by the way, but I'm, I'm, I'm think, just going to you first, Boat. Yeah. I think uh, I think 17 is a really underrated hole. Um, people probably won't talk about that very much, but I think that's a really good golf hole. For sure. 16, uh, you know, that wasn't like a 190-yard par three because that 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 was pretty cool. But for me, for me, I'm, I'm going uh, underrated. Uh, I'm going 17. I like that. I like that. I'm going to give it to you now, Reem. Do you think number one is the best hole at Sheep Ranch? I actually love number 11. I love the par five, up the hill, back towards the clubhouse. I think the green is just awesome. That is just everything funnel funnels to the middle. I don't know. It's just a fun hole. It's probably not most people's favorite, but I like it a lot. I think I, it's challenging and, and good. That That's one thing I actually... I might disagree with you on. I actually think there's a very good chance that number 11 actually ends up being a lot of people's favorite hole. If anything, because it actually just stands out so much as opposed to the rest of the golf course. It's the most yeah. inland one. It has the most woodsy feel to it. It certainly feels, yeah, the mo- it's like the most unique hole on that golf course, even just not on that golf course, but amongst other holes in the property. It really is unlike anything else you get at the resort and, I, I, I think it's a great call. I mean, I, for me, that might have been one of my favorite holes out there as well. Uh, I pose it to you, Mr. Ferdig. Do you think number one is the best hole in the Sheep Ranch? You know, Kyle, it's uh, it's a t- testament to the guys that you have on this call. The fact that uh, 17 and 11 were the, were the two holes that were called out because I was like, well, no one's going to take 17. So that, that'll be like my back pocket hole. And if not, 11 for sure. And these guys both snake me on that. So um, no arguments here from from either of those holes. I love number one. Uh, I'd be remiss to say number seven wasn't a great hole because it was my only birdie of the day. Um, (laughs) I did love that hole. Um, But, I mean, the hero tee shot that you get on six, like – what a fucking awesome shot, man. Like, that's, I think, the calling card for Sheep is, like, you have so many of those holes where, like, you really have a chance to, like, hit an awesome shot. Like, you're, that, you know, that number six, that tee shot, you're not going to find that very many places. You yeah. know, you you have four at pack and never been to Cabot, but they say, I think it's 17 at Cabot, that kind of has a similar look to that but i mean you're you know if you're hitting a draw with the with the wind coming off the off the ocean there like you're really putting your putting your tee shot out over the beach and letting it work back like what a cool hole i mean the the golf course so many of those like that that's that's kind of the word of the course for me is like hero shots like you have so many of those like opportunities to just hit something so cool but 11 and 17 no arguments for me i loved six even though i think i took a triple i got in one of those uh sand bunkers uh grass bunkers greenside which were not as playable as i expected them to be um and and one i i wouldn't argue with you if you told me that one was your favorite either i i mean for me I would say that I I think one is probably, oddly enough, maybe the most 
memorable hole out there, even though I would agree that the wildest, like most heroic shot out there is the tee shot on six and boat. I, I might even ask, you know, for your opinion on this, because the only time like that I can recall where I got a kind of similar feeling to the tee shot at six, where there was just so much ocean in play. There's such a huge drop off to the water below is your second shot at eight at Pebble Beach. I don't yeah. know, for whatever reason, like, oh, it, like yeah, like that, I got that same sort of feeling when I was sitting on six, like, holy shit, man, I better hit a fucking golf shot here. I am toasted. Like, like this, this is, this yes. is, this yeah. is, a, yeah, I, I don't know. Am I off base there, or do you think it, did you, did you kind of think the no, same thing? No, very, very similar. Uh, for me, I was kind of, I, I, I don't see that hole as a par four. I think that would be such a better and you played it as a short par five from the tips because that second shot is harder than the tee shot. Yeah, yeah. for real. That yeah. second shot was brutal. And dude, that fa uh, false so, front I mean, and a false I back. I think you take that as a short, a short, short gambling, gambling. If I hit a good shot up, I'd say the left center, and I still had for days in into the wind. I mean, it yeah. was like if I if I would if I would have borrowed like twenty five more from the right and really taken it on then. I probably would have only been like 10 yards closer to the middle of that green. So, yeah. you know, they got that big, deep bunker, uh, grass bunker on the left. And then yeah. I was, so I missed short left there and I was, you know, chipping a crosswind towards that pin that's on the, on, on the ledge there. The, the second up after the tee shot, that's a really, really hard golf hole, but I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, on the tee shot, there's the same as the second shot on eight, on nine, second shot on 10 at Pebble, where, where if you miss it right, you're down there with the dogs. But fantastic tee shot. Yeah, uh, that's a really. It's wish it was more risk reward. Like if you hit one, then you could. You still got one ninety uphill into the wind, and if you miss it, like it's it doesn't pay to totally die there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that's a that's an amazing take, boat. Because most people are going to bail out left on that hole anyway, like I did. And, <laughs> like I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like like you said, right? Like. Even my bailout left, I think I had 220 into the wind, and I ended up in that grass bunker short left, and I a legit, like, very rarely do I say I would rather be in the sand than not in the sand. I think at that point, like, because I didn't, I think what I didn't realize about the grass bunkers was there's still a fucking lip that you have to clear. Like, it's still oh, yeah. a, and that was a, that was a two or three foot lip, and I was like, you know, relatively close to it. And like, if you're in the sand, you can kind of splash it out and yeah, maybe you thin it over into the ocean, but like, or, or, you, or you just go to the chunk and run. Exactly. But I mean, I, I hit it and it took me, I think yeah. two or two to get out of there. And then, and then you're 50 feet. And it was, I mean, I, I expected yeah. those to be, kind of a security blanket. Hey, there's no sand here. It's going to be real easy. We're going to be able to just pitch it right out. And that uh -huh. was surely not the case. Interesting. Reamer, what, what were your thoughts on the grass bunkers? Did you find them to be easier, more difficult? I mean, I would imagine a man like yourself, you probably weren't even in any of them, you know, then you're around out there. Yeah. Even if I was, you know, how good I am with a wedge. Fucking love them. <laughs> Put me in them, baby. I might as well just fucking make it from there, dude. But, hey, I need a call out real quick because we are talking about that puffy first tee shot sure. that we saw. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Ferdig's little big brother, Alex. <laughs> was the that biggest little brother in, all, in, all, in the entire world. 
was that not foreshadowing for the whole week for that guy? God, he hit it like 175 yards off the first tee to the right. And God, <laughs> he was terrible all week. Horrendous. Yeah. Andy, <laughs> I, I need a comment from the family member. As a guy who came in with maybe like the fourth or fifth lowest handicap, again, we had a crew of 44 guys this year, all right? The, 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 the largest group we've had yet, and I can guarantee you that if we only have 48 next year, I would be shocked, right? So, like, and this guy's got the fourth lowest handicap of me. He comes in as a four. You know, we we don't have that many scratch golfers out there, but we got a lot of guys sitting between, like, four and 12, right? Guy comes in as one of the better sticks. He won, you know, 500-plus bucks in the birdie game last year. He's feeling good. He's feeling confident. He got most of his swag paid for with that one birdie out on 17 Abandoned Dunes. And he comes in probably feeling like a big dick. And then, as, as Reem said, and again, not to put him on blast out here on a national podcast, but I mean, the, the guy kind of, I mean, the <laughs> guy kind of, he kind of, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you explain to the people what happened, man. I, I don't know. He, uh, <laughs> he, was, he, I'll tell you what, there's not, there's not one person in that 44 person group that wants another crack at sheep more than my brother, Alex. <laughs> he was. I mean, we got we got the the replay on Pacific day two, which is literally unheard of. In my five years, I've never replayed Pacific. It's Same. never been possible. It's never Same. been an option. He's trying to talk anybody that'll listen into, hey, let's get back out to sheep. Like, I got to get another crack at sheep. We got to get back out to sheep. I mean, he just couldn't couldn't find his swing there, man. He he did struggle all week. I, I can tell you that. I knew there was going to be a little bit of a regression coming off of last year, right? Like he couldn't have probably played any better than he did last year and, and winning a skin every day, winning the birdie game. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I think this was legitimately the first time sheep was the first time that I had beaten him heads up in golf in at least a decade. Yes. And I yes. mean, he's, he was playing to a, four i was he was playing to a very soft four and i would say i was playing to a pretty hard 10 um but i mean he i think he shot 88 at sheep which like oof yeah oof was right i mean and my caddies my caddies like giving him a hard time i mean he <laughs> he heard it he heard it from all directions for sure and i know that he's itching to get back out and and get another crack at cheap, but I also know that you know he'll probably go out there next year and shoot seventy five. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing is like if you're a good stick, I mean which I, even though I played very well for me this year on the trip, I, I it was very unexpected. I was not playing that great coming in, and I played very very well throughout. And I I wouldn't consider myself to be a great golfer by any means, but like you know I I I I, I live somewhere between like a five and like a seven right now. Like I, I'm usually somewhere in that range. Boat, who's an actual like accomplished like you know, you know collegiate and you know professional golfer. I, Boat, did you get the sense, or did you feel like Sheep was by far the most skittable course out there, or did you think it was comparable to the other courses in terms of you know how hard it would be to go low out there? Yeah, Sheep, Sheep is gettable. So I guess I guess you guys didn't have that much wind at Sheep the first day. It was pretty windy the second day. Okay, um, for us at Sheep. I got I got to tell the story about uh, hole number one again. Please. So Andy was saying that you know he didn't exactly hit the tee shot he envisioned. <laughs> I uh, I I hit a, a extreme Healy uh, out to the right, 
And I couldn't believe I was still as far out as I was. I'm like, there's no way that thing says 270. And I was like, okay, I got, I got to, I got to, I got to try and get this near the front end. And like, I, I must have hit in a hard spot or caused all the green. But back my my playing partners on that hole. So I think they went uh, generous eight, generous eight, and I think John Whiting had six. So to what I was doing on that hole. And uh, to go, you know, we're on the second tee, and he's like, "What'd you make?" And I'm like, "God, a four. I hit it on the front edge and tapped it up to a foot and tapped it in. Four. He's like, "Oh, nice!" And like, none of them had any idea that I made a, a, a birdie on that hole, so they all pulled out their flasks. That was kind of a, it was, it was an adventure that first hole. Yes, I was saying between Reem and, and Andy, any other birdies on uh, on hole number Let's one? Let's just of say I was, I was, I was a little, I was a little worried about our pace. Well, I mean, hey, a couple, couple, uh, couple soft dates on the first hole. I mean, uh, why, why would you possibly be worried? Those, those guys are, uh, yeah. <laughs> Palumbo at least, you know, kind of recognizes that he, uh, you know, if if it's starting to go slow, he's got no problem just picking up the ball, you know, taking another slip of his flask and, and just moving to the next tee. So uh, at least you know we got some, you know, we got some good guys out there. My buddy, to to quote my buddy Peacock on on two green, grab his ball and put it in his pocket. Uh, you know, boys, uh, pays to play me. Pace of play may be an issue, but uh, he goes, oh, don't worry. I'm the fastest, terrible golfer you know. <laughs> uh, not not inaccurate. Not not inaccurate at all. Um, no. oh, interesting. Oh, okay. That day were something sweeter than you. Okay. So, so you would agree, though, that the Sheep was probably the most gettable golf course. If, if you're a good golfer, Sheep is the Definitely. golf course to go very low. I'm not off base there, right? No. I think totally I think it's like a as like a twelve to fifteen handicap with the conditions that we had with very little wind, right? Like that's that's the course you're gonna break eighty for your first time and like feel really good about it. For sure. For sure. I, I could see now although if we didn't break break eighty, so wait, say it again. I oh. said but although, of course, I didn't break 80. Sick, dude. Yes, nice. Well, okay. Very so, sick. So then, Reamer, I'll ask you, do you think the fact that it is very gettable, as, you know, comparatively speaking, you know, to the other courses at the Band of Dudes Golf Resort, does that make you like the golf course more when you're talking about comparing it to the courses, or do you kind of hold that against the Sheep Ranch? Undecided. I think at the moment, diplomatic answer. I, <laughs> I hold it against it a little bit. I think at the moment because I didn't play great. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, there were some visuals for everyone listening via the audio there. Yes. Um, but I think, like you know, when I when I shoot my uh, my sixty nine there, that it's probably going to be my favorite course in a matter of time. That that makes sense. Uh, Andrew, what, what do you think, brother? Do you think how gettable the Sheep Ranch is, do, do you think that is a benefit because it is like a place to go out and put up a number uh, compared to the courses? Or do you think the fact that it's not, I mean, not as harrowing basically to try to like navigate through there with a great golf score, do, do you hold that against it? Or do you think that's a, that, that's a boon to the Sheep Ranch? I think it is what it is, man. Like you, you take that course, like our caddies, which I, I didn't definitely didn't agree with. They said that we have four golf courses here and one executive course. Um, I surely didn't feel like it was an executive course. 
I think that for you, you go into it knowing that it is more gettable and, but there's also courses out there that are going to fucking kick you in the dick. And it's nice to be able to have a course where, Hey, it's still beautiful. It's still an amazing golf course. It's still, you know, a, it's, it's not the preserve, right? It's a full big boy golf course. It's a real golf course and it gives you a chance to fucking make a score. And I think that that's, that's cool. Um, I think, you know, we're not out there necessarily to grind for 92s. You know, if, if you can, if you can go out and not have your best day and shoot an 84, like good for you, man. Like it, it makes you feel good being our first, our first course of the trip for us. Um, I loved it. I thought it was, you know, I, I went out and I, three putted the last five holes to shoot 82 and was like, you know what? I'm fucking ready for the rest of these courses. Like it, I don't think it's, you know, it, it's not going to slope as hard as the rest of them. And it's, it's definitely much more gettable, but I don't think it's, it's, you know, it's not an executive course. It's, it's a, it's a full big boy golf course. And the defense is really the weather, right? Like you get that course in 30 mile an hour winds, like, you're not fucking going out there and casually shooting in the mid eighties. Like it's, it's going to test you in every sense of the word. So I think that, you especially know, got, on the got, greens, dude, because those things are so yeah. exposed. Like I feel like more than any other golf course, the wind is going to really make putting extremely difficult at the sheep ranch, even compared to the other ones at the resort. Yeah. I mean, we, we got out there on a perfect day and it, you know, it was, it was a little bit cold, but Overall, man, like I thought it was, I think I thought it was a perfect addition. Agreed. Uh, Boat, you, I, I'm not going to ask you to do it yet because we're we're, we're going to make that its own little portion of the podcast. But I'm so excited for you now, having made your first trip to Bandon Dunes, that you finally get to partake in what is easily the dumbest and most fun <laughs> discussion in golf. When it comes time to ranking all of these world class golf courses as to which one is better than the other. But I will ask you to, you know, at least comparatively speaking, do you think that how gettable the Sheep Ranch is is a, a benefit or a detriment to that golf course compared to the other ones at the resort? Here's the thing you still get, gotta hit golf shots. That caddy is an absolute fucking Daryl for saying that that place is an executive course. <laughs> uh, I would have loved. <laughs> to invite him to watch my playing partners, 97, 98, and 102. <laughs> uh, the, and it, when the wind picks up out there, that's, that's, that's the defense out there. Uh, um, and like you talked about, the, the greens are susceptible to being extremely difficult to where you are factoring in wind. And um, no, that's, it's the, that, that's the farthest thing from an executive course. Uh, I want to I see an executive course that has elevation change like that. And is really penal around the greens. And, and, and like just looking back at number 11, if you spray your second shot there, what are you going to do? There's, there's no hazards. What, what are you going to do? That's executive course. Are you kidding me? Um, no, fanta fantastic course, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really fantastic golf course. I, I will. Do you think I I'll, I'll do a little quick round table here for you guys. Cause I just kind of want your opinions on this. Do you think it is, more or less likely or maybe that's a bad way to ask it but do you think there's a certain handicap range that is more inclined to love that golf course like do you think it's way more likely that say a 15 handicap would have sheep ranch as their number one course at the resort as opposed to like a five 
Reamer, you, Reamer, you go ahead and go first. Do, 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 because of what we're talking about and being a little more gettable, do you think that it's the course that higher handicappers will kind of gravitate to and be like, I fucking love this place? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know what happened to you. Your audio is awful right now. So, so something That's something happened. You you have disappeared on us. <laughs> All right, let me let me switch that up. I was afraid that was going to be the situation. It's fucking no headphone jacks, and I had to charge the phone. So give me a minute. Coward. All right. Andy, I'm, I'm going to go to you. Do you think it's way more? Do you think it's much more likely that like a 15 to 20 handicap is going to have Sheep Ranch as their favorite course as opposed to the other ones because it's more gettable and that people kind of in that range just love actually being able to go and not lose golf balls? Yeah, I know. I know we talked about this a little bit before the trip. Um, I see that as a possibility, right? And. I surely wouldn't hold that against anybody, um, regardless of their handicap. If they were a zero to a hundred, uh, if they told me sheep was their favorite course, you know, I, I, I wouldn't hold that against them. Um, I can see, you know, like, like we talked about Kyle, like the guys that courses based on how well they I do feel like would have sheep hired just because it is a little bit more gettable. But as my brother has shown, uh, it's definitely not the course that you're always going to score the lowest at. I think he turned around and got an 81 at Pacific, which always fucking eats my lunch. Um, so Jesus. it's, I, I would say that it's, it's possible. I wouldn't say that it's definite. Um, I think it depends on that 15 or 20 handicap, right? If, if they are one of those people that says, Hey, I rank courses based on how well I play, which I think a you know a, a lot of, pe- of a lot of people do, that, and that's okay. Sure. That's it, fine. And it, it, it's totally fair to do it that way. Um, I think if it's if it's those people, then yeah, they're a hundred percent going to have sheep as their top rated course. But um, it, if I don't know, I, I I think that it's like I said, I think it's it's probable and possible. And would I hold it against them? Absolutely not. Um, is it my favorite? And I, and I went into it thinking that it possibly could be, um, after playing all of them, it, it, it wasn't right. And and not to say that it's not a world-class golf course that you'd happily play every uh, day. It's just that, you know, you're, you're comparing it to four of the other best golf courses in all of North America. Yeah, no, which is fine. But, um, do you think like for, for your buddies that you were to take up there, like that maybe like in that 15 to 20 handicap range, would you guess that yeah. sheep ranch would turn out to be their favorite course? Is, is that like, if you were, if you were placing money on which one they're going to say was their favorite when it was all said and done, uh, do, do you think that's, that, that would be a fair place to, to put a little capital on? To tickle a, a couple different angles. Um, you know, they might be kind of pumped about the no bunkers because those do present issues uh, for higher handicap players who really struggle to get out. For sure. Um, you know, I, I, I the, kind of the, the other side of the, the other side of the coin, if you're a, you're a little bit higher handicapper, but you, you, you have a one way miss, like, you, you know, you kind of know where your miss is going to be. Then yeah, you're looking your chops over that golf course. If you're a higher handicap guy that has a, a two way miss, well, you're not like relieved <laughs> because <laughs> there's, uh, I mean, as my as my playing partners found, there's there's a there's a lot of trouble. Um, you can find trouble. Oh, for uh, sure, out there. Uh, whether it be in one of those grass bunkers behind a little gorse, or or like I talk, talked about, left of the fairway on eleven on the tee shot on the layup shot. There's right of the fairway 
uh, on your tee shot and second shot. That we were, uh, our, our group was on both sides. We had one left, we had one right, and uh, I had a couple of, of layup shots left. It's, um, yeah, if if you can keep, if you if you kind of know your miss as a higher handicapper, sure, you're kind of feeling maybe a little bit relieved, especially if you watched as many flyovers as uh, as as Andy. But um, yeah, yeah, I I, I think there's two, there's two two sides to that coin for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Um, so a- after that first hole boat, uh, what other holes at the Sheep Ranch at least stood out to you? I know you mentioned 17, which, by the way, did I, I given the group that you played with, you know, three higher handicappers, I can't imagine that was the case. And I didn't actually talk to anybody in our group that did this, even though I had planned on it and then I chickened out because I was always in the midst of a really disappointing bogey coming off 16th in both my, round, both my rounds out there. Yeah. I had incredibly, like backbreaking like shitty no like made no sense bogeys on like a hundred something you know 100 what 110 yard par three that i forgot to just hit a tee shot from the like the true tips on 17 which are actually right off the back of the green so it's almost like a similar tee shot but opposite to number six like when they're actually playing like tournaments tournaments there they set up those tees basically on the back end of that green so you're hitting uphill over like that cove and it becomes like a dog leg left I haven't talked to anybody in our group yet that hit that tee shot, um, so maybe it's a little a little different on on you know for seventeen. You already love that hole anyway, even before we teed off. Yeah. Are there any other holes out there, boat that really stood out I, to you as just being really solid, really fun golf holes that, that you just love to play over and over again? You know, o- overlooked out there might be hole number three. Um, that view. You know, obviously connected to 16 green, that that view, um, that's the one. That's one of the one of the better views on the entire property. You know, with that infinity green. Look. I was like, as a man who um, likes infinity greens, it doesn't get much better than that, brother. No, that's pre- that's pretty cool. That's that 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 one kind of just won't go. But that's um, yeah, that's a cool kind of a cool comp. And there's and reading that green, reading that green was a cool. Obviously, everything wants to pull towards the water, but. On the where that pin was when we played it, kind of kind of back left, there wasn't like a lot of suggestion that it wasn't going to go a ton to the right, and it didn't. It was pretty darn straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a, that was a really, really cool design part three. I I really do. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. And also, kind of like a weird like, even though it's not, it's not that scary of a shot, right? You're hitting you know usually like a pitching wedge no. or a gap wedge or something like that. Huge green, yeah. plenty of room, long, you know, with it being like a double green that shares with sixteen. And yet, because of the infinity aspect and it just kind of feeling like there's nothing but water past the pin, it almost is a little it, – it feels a little scarier standing on the tee box than it really should be. Andy, I see you nodding your head. Would you, am, I, am, am I kind of – am I going down the right track here? A hundred percent. It's totally scary, and it's way scarier than it needs to be. The same thing with even, like, your bailout right, like, you have that – there's that massive dune that's there where like the caddy was telling me like, man, just hit it over like the, the left side of that dune on the right. And I'm like, are you sure? Like what's, what's over there? Like, is that, am I, am I going to be good there? And he's like, no, man, it like all feeds to the left and like, you're good. And I kind of like bled it out to the right and was like, fuck, like, is that going to get over? And then I got there and was like, oh, I have 20 feet. Like, oh, I remember this green. This is the same green as three. Like, it's fucking massive. Yeah. But 
The visual intimidation uh, of that shot specifically, I think, really makes that hole way more fun than just like a normal short par three. Yeah, I, I would tend Dude, to agree. another one. Another one that just popped in my head. Seven. Seven. Andy loves seven. Phenomenal. Love so overlooked. Dude, seven is dialed. That was, that for me, very underrated. What a, what a great design. In that green, it, everything goes towards the back of the green. Um, that that was that was killer. Uh, that I think was, it might be the best awesome. part three in that golf course if you're taking like just like the the cliffside nature out of like sixteen. Like I think seven probably is the coolest, most challenging, but most fun part three in that golf course. Am I, am I off base there? Infinity green, oh. best infinity green without and doubt. There yes. is there is there there is sand out there. Yeah. Wait, I, I went long on seven because I found it on sixteen. Yeah, I was. I, <laughs> that's true. A little, little, little dude action. We'll uh, we'll do that. Right too. of the green, uh, I was I, expecting the ball to kick left, and it it plugged right under some gorse. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, I, I've got a take for you, gentlemen. I, I'm curious to hear your guys's take on this, and so I, I'm just going to throw this out there, and then I'll just go one by one for each of you, just to see if you agree or disagree. And then maybe offer like a you know a, you know a, a take if you've got one. I think at Sheep Ranch, views aside, um, the best stretch in that golf course is eight through fifteen. Eight that eight and nine are these two par four back to back par fours on the southernmost part of the property that are just stunners. Eight is very is a very cool dog leg right par four where it's almost like a quasi blind tee shot. You have these two trees, one dead, one green, through the fairway that kind of gives you your aiming corridor. And then you come through and you have this wild green that's got this huge, basically, tit right in the middle of it that's funneling balls off in every direction. So depending on where the pin is, it's like you could have two entirely different approach shots from the exact same spot. Uh, I really loved, you know, really loved eight. Nine, even though I somehow three-putt bogeyed it both days I was out there. I mean, as far as infinity greens go, it was incredible. And it, it's one of the few holes out there that was actually framed with like gorse and like non fairway left and right. So it just had a much more intimate feel to it that I really like. Ten great par four coming back. Uh, can't really see the green off the tee. You're just kind of firing off to a spot. Got some trouble off to the right. So there's a little more danger than there is other you know in other places on the golf course. Eleven, as you guys have mentioned, is an all world par five uh, that you know plays up into what this is like a hollowed out like dune, like right back up to the clubhouse. 13 or, 11, or excuse me 12 um actually has a special place in my heart and i think it's probably the brawniest par four out on that golf course especially when the wind's blowing out there i would imagine 12 is an ass kicker and what's also really cool about 12 is for anybody that played the old sheep ranch the old like tom doak you know you rent rent out the whole facility for the day for you and your boys you know 13 okay, greens play, yeah play whatever you want the, 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 what is now the 12th hole is what basically every single person would play as their very first hole at the sheep at the old sheep ranch. You'd tee off from a little like opening in the gorse that was up there at the top of the hill, firing straight out towards the ocean. That green was there before. I mean, it just has a really cool it, – it, it just took me back to that day that I got to spend at the sheep ranch before it became what it is now, and it's really nostalgic. 13 is a great, very gettable, but also – kind of treacherous par five if you don't hit it on your line there actually is more trouble on that hole both left and right than you're going to see at a lot of courses out there 14 
I was actually going to nominate probably as the most low-key awesome hole in that golf course, completely blind tee shot over that massive ridge into another crazy fucking like approach shot where as long as you just cannot miss left. Left is absolute death, right? Left of that green. I made that mistake the first time I played out there. Despite hitting what I thought was a great bump and run shot, it wasn't. It's just, it's so fucking impossible from over there. So just two super cool golf shots you have to hit on 14. And then 15, I think low-key is one of the better short par fours on that entire resort. Like, you can hug it. it the, the, the key is to hug it left the whole way. It brings the grass bunker into play, but it's the only place on that entire golf hole where you actually have some room to operate um, on your approach shot. And, of course, I fucking flailed it out like a bitch and hit it fucking right on my tee shot both times I played it, in which case you have about 15 yards of green to work with with a fucking huge false front short and ocean beyond. It's like, it's crazy, man. Like, you got all the room to to miss right if you want to, but your second shot's going to be an ass kicker. Just have the discipline to, like, take, you know, show show a little respect, hit it out left, make your, you know, easy birdie and probably, you know, or easy par and you probably have a great chance for birdie. And yet only one person that I play with in the two days at Sheep Ranch actually was able to keep it left off the tee at eight through 15 at sheep is all world. And, and this thing, so is 16 and so in 17, right? So you could extend it, but I know a lot of people are going to be talking about how great 16 and 17 are, but I really think the meat of that golf course is right in the middle, baby. I mean, eight through 15 is just great world-class golf. Andy, since you're the one I can see right here in the zoo, you know, in, the, in this call right now, because I think Reamer bailed on us only because I think his phone was starting to have a seizure. I mean, you're nodding. Am I off base here? No, you're not. And I mean, we we talked about eleven, right? But I think the the hole in that stretch that and there's a lot of great ones that I thought was the most fun was fourteen for sure. Yeah, that I'm blind tee shot. Kind of resembles uh, the one at Trails. What is that? Four? A little bit, yeah, for sure. You kind of you're, you're kind that of diagonal like, ridge for that hill, man. Like you know, it'll you'll you'll find it. It'll be down there somewhere, and and it's just yeah. But if you're left, you are so fucking dead. <laughs> and and fifteen like that grass bunker just freaks everybody out and everybody blows it right. And I fucking blew it right too. And you're right. That second shot is just impossible to hold. Like you just, it, you, you can't do it. And it really makes you think. And that's, I think the fun part about sheep is yeah, it's gettable. There's some short par fours. There's some short par fives. The finish is, you know, they, you know, uh, it's kind of a cakewalk in, but I mean, it wasn't a cakewalk in for me, but, um, <laughs> it, it really does like engage you throughout the golf course. And it's, it's consistently like, yeah, you can kind of, and I guess that's kind of with the resort in general, but with sheep specifically, it's like, yeah, you can kind of hit it wherever you want to, man. But like, you're going to have to deal with the consequences and like, yeah, you're safe over there, but your next shot's going to be a fucking bitch. And your shot after that, after you fuck that second shot up, is going to be a fucking bitch too. <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of trouble. Bitches everywhere. There. Yeah, there's a lot of trouble out there looming that you you may or may not see or that may or may not uh, be apparent off the tee. But 
you can definitely find it and you can definitely find some big numbers out there. Um, I loved, I love the middle of the course. I mean, I, I thought sheep was, was amazing. Like I said, it didn't, it didn't vault up my list. Like I thought it might. Um, but it was so fun. Like that's, and that's what it's about, right? It's, it's about being out there with your buddies. It's about pulling off the birdie flask. It's about having a great time and, thinking your way through a golf course and having to hit some good shots and getting away with some bad shots. And I think sheep has all of that. Yeah, totally. Reem, do, do you, th- well, Re- first of all, Reem, are you there? <laughs> I'm here. Can okay. You hear me? Okay. Yes. I can hear you. Uh, do, would you agree? Do you think the middle of sheep ranch in that kind of like eight to 15 range that I was talking about? What do you think in your opinion, is that the best, you know, stretch in that golf course? Or did you, did you have another part of the golf course that you, that you fancy the most? No, I'm actually with you, and I, I would extend it to seven because I actually love seven. But yeah, I mean, that's glad... a, you, you could extend it from, you know, six, right? Like six to, yeah. if you really wanted to. But I, I feel like six and seven are going to get a lot of love, justifiably so. I, I, I was more so just trying to highlight the ones that maybe aren't getting as much love that I thought were crazy impressive. Yeah, and actually for me, eight, I'm glad you mentioned that because I kind of forgot about the hole, and I don't know why because I think that's a great golf hole. That dead tree, and you're just kind of hitting to the right of it. Um, kind of hugging that, not dune, I guess, but you know, just, you know, that kind of gorse on the right and just kind of hitting a bomb down there and having a wedge in your hand, just a fun hole. So yeah, I would agree. I think, uh, it's weird. Cause sheep, like it, there's just so many holes on the water that it's like, they kind of start to kind of blend together a little bit. I, I, and, I have a take on that. So it's so, 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 so save that. We're, we're going to go hot take central, you know, as soon as we get done with this little discussion here. So yeah, to, to, hold on to that one. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um, Boat, what, what do you think, man? What, what do you think was the best stretch of the golf course? So for me, um, two as is right now is completely just uh, almost like a fill in hole. Um, but that could change. I, I um, design wise, they could totally try and uh, cut out a, a, an upper fairway up to the right. It, it kind of opens up that green a little, mm. a little bit. I have to say, and dole that hole because playing out to the left, obviously, you're trying to avoid the big grass bunkers on the right. Playing out to the left into a crosswind to the pin where we was back left for us. It's like, uh, that's first, that's going to slow people down because as hard as those greens were, it's, it's really hard to hold it. And then there's a lot of ping pong going on there in our group um and then i would i would say if they could do something with that hole and, and you completely i i'm sorry but to, to me you cut out there for a little bit right there do you, you mind repeating that real quick brother yeah no problem so uh yeah i mean it you know maybe uh do a little uh little uh maintenance to two and uh you completely redo the green on eight and then we haven't even talked about five yet the part three um, I had like a 170 I mean, foot birdie putt on that hole. I'd have no idea that was fucking possible. It's just a really stretch. Hole two is blah. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even talked about five yet. Uh, but the green for me on eight was, uh, we, we paid it, played it middle left. And, uh, like I hit a, I hit a wedge that at one point was like probably 10 feet and it rolled like 58 feet back down right. And there was an absolute impossible two putt. Um, maybe if the pin was in the middle of the green or on the right side of the green, I'd, I'd feel differently, but where that pin, that, uh, an absolute horrible that you just should never put a pin there. But, uh, <laughs> two is blah, but, but one, one, one through nine. Wow. 
10, kind of a little bit of a fill-in hole, maybe. Maybe a little bit. Another A 10, uh, another one of those holes that you do uh, totally not agree. miss left on your 12. approach shot. Great. Yeah. No, that's, Great golf yeah. Course. I, I, I actually, I, I kind of, I take it back. I, I take it back. 10 isn't that bad. Because if you can get one up there, then you can have some really fun shots. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can play them out way to the right, and it'll almost roll all the way down. I looked at that, and I was like, I think I probably was like 60 yards short of the green on a little plateau, and I was like, I could literally putt this straight right, and it'll just sideboard the entire way. And uh, I, that's what I probably should have done, because I hit—I thought I hit a good chip and just kept on going. Because <laughs> the middle is like, it goes to the back left. And then somehow you're putting uphill and then downhill. Like, I struggle with my speed on those greens. I think I had four three-putts on those greens. And I don't three-putt very often. Yeah, I mean, if there's one place you're going to three-putt, it's going to be the place where you have, like, 90-foot lag putts that you just don't ever get to hit anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Oh, it's crazy. I, I will say this. Number 10 at Sheep Ranch is where, is where one of my favorite moments of our trip took place. Uh, another first-time Bandonite, our, our boy Brett Hagen, you know, but Boat's roommate while we were there, who, as a 13 handicap, walked away with $1,100 with a birdie on fucking 17 of trails, which I think angered every single one of us who have been there for multiple years to no fucking end. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, Brett fucking sprays his drive right at the sheep and you notice there's it's like one of the one like one of the few places on that golf course where there's like some trees that are in play over there to the right hits it over there it basically stays in like the center of like you know the tree trunk and he has to actually straddle with his legs one of the branches to then be able to hit a you know hit something to try to get out of there and the best thing the whole fucking day his caddy gets up there, tries to kind of like see what his stance is like. Caddy gets up there, you know, puts his legs over the tree branches, straddling it, trying to see like what kind of a swing he puts on it. And then he just turns to Brett and he just laughs at his face. <laughs> just, <laughs> just laughs at him and just walks away and he's just shaking his head. And the first thing that comes out of his caddy's mouth, Brett's like, so what are you thinking? The first thing the caddy says, he looks at Brett, he goes, what club are you going to be least upset if it breaks? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh boy, let's go! This is exactly what I came here for. So that 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 was a incredible moment on the right side of Sheep Branch that I, I can only imagine is probably going to be replicated by uh, a handful of people. All right, hot take for all of you. I'm, I want all of your guys' opinions on this. I'm gonna I'm first going to start with Jess, then I'm going to go to Andy, and then I'm going to Reamer. And I'm going to have you guys go one, two, three, because right after I ask this question, I am going to go take a quick piss because these fine Pilsners are running through me uh, at a rapid pace. So here is what I'm going to ask. And you and you can use other courses for comparison's sake if you need to. I'm going to go ahead and say that there's almost too much ocean in terms of your view on Sheep Ranch. And here here's my rationale. I feel like you almost become desensitized to it because it's just so abundant throughout your round. There's no other golf course abandoned where you basically just get beautiful panoramic ocean views for like 16 and a half to 17 of the 18 holes, right? A lot of the other courses that are on the ocean, you know, your old Mac, old Mac, you know, we only really get an ocean view from one green complex out there, but like Pacific and Bandon, 
they kind of like, you know, tickle and, you know, tickle and poke you throughout the round. They give you little glimpses of it. You get to sniff it, then they got to take you back in. And where Sheep Ranch, it's just bam. It just smacks you in the face throughout the round. And I wonder, like for me, I almost like stopped realizing the ocean was just right there. And just that beautiful view was just because I, I just started to get used to it after like the fourth or fifth hole. It was like, yeah, that's just what it is out here. And I just started focusing on the golf. So I'll start with you, Jess, and then Andy, you follow up with Jess, and then Reamer third. Do you almost feel like it was like an ocean view overload at the Sheep Branch? Bo, you go for it first. So uh, I, I don't, I mean, you know, we're, we're closer to the coast than our, our buddies who live in uh, Sacramento or even, you know, uh, even further inland than that. Um, I, I don't take the... Uh, I don't take the uh, views for granted. I mean, I haven't been out to Bodega. I was out to Bodega right before the shutdown, um, and I forgot how how glorious it is out there on a clear day. Um, I did catch myself getting a little bit touristy at times, uh, photos and videos. But uh, I, you know, first time there, I I knew that I was going to do that. Um, I didn't I didn't catch myself going. You know, you know. Uh, that's oh, oh darn uh, another uh, another gloriously looking uh hole on the uh on the ocean here um maybe uh yeah like you like you mentioned band in and and they kind of bring you back inland a little bit but uh sheep ranch I, I, there was no point uh during any of that round where i was like oh i think they're i think they're overplaying the ocean um our group didn't play as well as we wanted but it was we were like on 17, we took some really funny photos of, of Tyler peeing next to the tree on the green, and there's like an overhanging limb where it looks like he's actually got an absolute unit. Um, uh, John Whiting, John Whiting took that photo. He's all, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna crack up when you see this. But touch on those holes, it was like we were just, um, just kind of enamored. It, it, it didn't take it didn't take away from the the golf. Great, I think it, all, all it did was just elevate. I geeked out just like the times and. I'm just such a, I'm becoming more of the, the less I play and uh, I don't want to say the worst, but the not as sharp golf as I play now, um, I was less inclined to worry about my score than I was, uh, you know, I, I've known Tyler from Santa Rosa, but I've never got to play golf with him. I see him at Better Valley all the time. I was really a gem of a human being he is. And um, John Whiting knew from Better Valley, but I've never played with him before. It was uh, we, we, we had three guys that I, I don't think have ever played with each other before. And, uh, we just kind of came together and, and it was, it was, it was one of my fun, I, every round out there was a blast, but at, at no point was I like, okay, enough ocean already. Like let's, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's a terrible take Kyle. <laughs> what? No, okay. it, it, it's not that I was over the ocean. It's that like, I just like stopped noticing it after a while. You, I mean, it's yeah. it's not that I didn't love it. It's just like I feel like the other courses. Every time you get like a hole in the ocean, or you get a view of the ocean, you're like fuck, that is awesome. Where it's like I just kind of started forgetting that I was on the ocean because I just you're always on the ocean. So I mean, like again, not not that it's a bad I, thing. I I don't know. Did, did anybody else like? Did you feel that way at least? Now I I can see how it. I would say it numbs you a little bit to the ocean that, that's because because it was so prevalent throughout the round that you're like 
wow, like another infinity green. Like you're just, and that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what I, what I was talking about earlier where you're, where you like don't really talk that much. Cause you're just kind of like your, your mouth is sort of open the whole time where you're like, holy fucking shit. Like this is another one that's like right here. And it's, it's a course that I wish I could have played again. It's, it's tough now with all five of them out there and them all being so amazing to like, use your replay rounds but it's definitely one that i wish i would have gotten back to and like i can't wait to get back to again i can see what you're talking about where like you are a little bit numb to it where you're just like oh it's like another green that's kind of like that other green that was right by the ocean that we were just on but (laughs) i'll i'll never get tired of playing golf you know and and it's um, I think we're probably spoiled as California guys to be able to be privileged enough to like play a lot of golf by the coast. And, and, you know, me in Southern California specifically, like we have a lot of like ocean viewy type golf courses. Um, but that is a completely different level than even what we're getting on like the most high end golf courses down here in Orange County is like, yeah, you can see the ocean and like, it's, it's kind of right there. Like, the only course that I can think of that's like close to that is, is Monarch beach. And there's one hole that's like, you know, on the beach. Um, even Pelican Hill is like some, some space, like at cheap, it's like green end of the world, like ocean (laughs) China. Like that's, you know, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy, man. And, um, I, I, would say that yeah you can get numb to it but something that you're gonna look back on damn like there was nine nine greens by the ocean like i wish i could go back and and see those again like I, i i can't wait to get back out there and like really enjoy it this time like i really want to take it in because i feel like last time i maybe you know was focused on my score was thinking about that shitty shot that i hit last time like if you're, you know, it, it's one of those places where you really want to just focus on like being in the moment because it is so fucking awesome. Yeah, totally. I yeah, I, totally I, agree. Yeah, I, I would agree with you as well. Reem, what, what what do you think, brother? Yeah, well, I was, I was fortunate enough to play it twice, so I think that helps me a little bit. Uh, but I I have issues focusing on ocean holes, so. It wasn't great for my golf game because mm. I'm pretty much just like walking with a heart on, you know, looking at the ocean. So I don't get numb to it. I just like can't focus on golf. So I think that's why I get a little bit distracted and some of the holes kind of blend together because I was just like, I felt like I was just like walking on the beach. You know, I just kind of wanted to take my shoes off and like, you know, get high. And uh, you make a you make a really really good point because now that a really good point that also is somewhat concerning because now that I'm thinking about it, out there for, you know for that whole week we were there, a lot of my erections lasted for more than four hours, so I probably should have been taken to a hospital on several different occasions. So that that <laughs> somebody should have been Ain't contacting my point. healthcare professional because it, it it was it was juicy out there. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was it was sweet. Uh-huh. So I, I loved it, but I, I definitely wasn't numb to it. I was just. Uh, uh, struggling with it we'll put it that way okay that's fair that's fair well unless it, I, there's one discussion that i that i now have to begin with you guys but i want to know if you guys have any other thoughts 
at least specifically on the sheep ranch that you want to that you want to share before we go on to the next thing. Reem, anything else with the sheep ranch you want to bring up for everybody? No, I'm good. Say Andy. Dude, just enjoy it, man. Like, go out there and, like, really don't take those ocean holes for granted. Because, like we're talking about, it does kind of numb you in a four or five-hour round to be that close to the water. But, like, what I wouldn't give to be back at the fucking sheep ranch right now. Really well said. And I live at the Yeah. Well, and then, Boat, for you, third, my man, it's funny, I, I'm going to ask you this question, but I do want to share something with everybody listening, and I apologize if you said this while I was using the restroom, but one of the comments that you made while we were at the resort that I found to be really interesting is when I kind of asked you, and at, at this point I think you'd only played Old Mac and Sheep, and I, I maybe we had played Trails at this point, I, I, we may or may not have, So, but I asked you, you know, which one of these courses that you played so far is the one you'd want to play every day if you could only choose one and your answer was sheep ranch 10 plus years from now um do you mind expanding on that a little bit and then do you all now that you've played all of them does that answer hold true for you yeah i think so um you know we saw i don't know i don't know how many people were paying attention but you basically had two different uh fairway types uh you had um a really firm brown type of, of grass that was compact and you got a lot of roll on and then you had um uh, a softer almost almost like uh poorly maintained poa green wet ball plugging and rolling picking up mud portion of the fairway uh once those once they get that kind of ironed out um in the greens uh, the greens were a little hairy in spots you could see where they're still a little bit immature once they uh it, it, it's not going to take 10 years but uh, um, a couple years down the road when that golf course has a little bit more maturity to it, I would like to see it again. I'm, I'm, I'm back next year, but I'll see it next year, but I'm excited. Say, to, you're going to get to watch progression on a year by year basis, brother. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how, how those fairways progress and hopefully mature. Um, and then my, my, my last take on, uh, on sheep ranches. I, uh, there is, uh, uh, I, I had my, you know, the B, the high handicappers. I didn't see zero fucking sheep out there, Carl. Not a lot of sheep out there. I feel like I see more sheep at Bennett Valley when they're you know eating eating the grass on like you know the other side of the fence on number five. Like I even though I'm, those might be goats, it might be sheep. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, yeah, not not an abundance of sheep at the sheep ranch. And that is it for the first part of our Bannon Dunes recap special. Uh, we are going to be right back. With part two, we're gonna you know we're gonna pick up right where we left off. So guys, enjoy that. It's gonna be released soon. Otherwise, have a phenomenal, phenomenal day. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast so far. I know I certainly did, and uh, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks so much, everybody.